0: All right, patriots, hardliners, warriors for Christ, it's time to stand up and take your nation back. Are you ready? It's time to assemble. It's time to return God back at the top of the throne where he belongs and get Christ back in our heart where he belongs. They've crossed this line one too many times and we are gonna take this nation back once and for all. Isaiah 42:13 reminds us, the Lord goes forth like a warrior, like a man of war, he stirs up his fury. He shouts out his battle cry against his enemies. He shows his might. And that's what we will do here at His line. We will show his might. They have crossed this line for the last time. So let's take this nation back. Let's get started.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon, wherever you're at in the world. If you're in Germany. Hello, I'm sure it's uh, probably nighttime over there or morning for you. I don't know. It's getting to be evening time over over here. So you're probably sleeping. I don't know. I have to get better with my uh, international time zones. But uh, anyway, wherever you're at, happy to have you here. And uh, depending, of course, when you also listen to the download, if you're not listening live. So again, good morning. Good afternoon good evening, wherever you're at. Uh, It is Tuesday, July 19th, 2022, and I am Jason, your co-host, and you are listening to another His Heartline discussion. And today's topic, it's titled The Permanent Decision. And it's a topic that's uh, pretty near and dear to my heart. Um, You know, we live in a time where where things have not made much sense since you know March of 2020 and so between the fake and fabricated pandemic and pretty much the entire burning down of America to the de facto corporate stolen elections that everyone is pretty much consuming themselves with and still consuming themselves with which you know of course rightfully so but to the debacle that most sleepy Americans know as the, uh, the Biden fake presidency to the lethal injections that were rolled out that we all know as the clot shot. And now we have an economy and a financial system that is systematically being dismantled and destroyed right before our very eyes. Now, there's reasons behind a lot of that. And there are some people out there that will doubt those reasons. Now, the thing of the matter is, is, these are all very big things to, you know, that they're, they're very big subjects and topics that, that bring a lot of stress to people, including myself, at least it used to. And so like, for example, so the U S dollar, I should say the federal reserve note that we use as currency is losing more and more value than it ever has in the past. And so the buying power of American money is diminishing and people are starting and or have been making tough decisions on what they should be buying. You know, with the price of fuel and utility energy and food going up and rent and interest and, you know, price of textiles and other products continuously increasing in price, people are having to do their absolute best to try to stretch out their dollar. And people are literally making crucial decisions between filling up their car so they can make it to work and earn an income or filling up the refrigerator just to feed their family. And it's a scary place for a lot of people, I understand. You know, money is becoming a destruction, a destructing, you know, um, a destructing force for many. And there is a woman, like I said in my last show, there is a woman in my county assembly who is sharing, you know, her story of how she has experienced three people that are very close to her that had committed suicide just recently because of the continuing doom and gloom narratives that the media puts out and they put a magnifying glass on it. They stir up fear. They stir up anxieties And it creates a lot of uncertain and unknown variables out there. And many people do not function well in the land of the unknown. I used to be there. There are many, 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 many voices out there trying to get in your head to try to they try their best to stir up anxiety, stress, fear, and again, like I said, uncertainly and basically create fear porn. And it's not just the media, but there are also independent podcasters as well that do this. And I, I used to be one of those that listened to like over 20 different voices out there while at the same time trying to, you know, hear God's voice. There's a flaw with that though. God does not want to compete over the other voices out there who have a louder audible sound, if you will, that we can actually hear in the physical realm. Those voices out there create a huge distraction. And actually, in some cases, they can actually divert us from being able to hear God and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And so unfortunately, a lot of these voices out there that speak, they may be thinking that they are doing a service to others by getting the supposed, quote, truth out there. And don't get me wrong, a lot of them are putting out some, keyword, some truths out there. But these voices, though, either knowingly or unknowingly, get fear stirred up in a very, very unique and systematic way. And so they stir it up in you, which then releases a stress hormone, or hormones, I should say, like, um, uh, what was it? um, Cortisol and adrenaline. The negative effect of this can be actually, it can actually lead to addiction, just like any other drug. Now, cortisol is a very addictive, biologically, you know, chemically induced. Um, um, well, yeah, chemical that's released from the body. And most people seem to keep seeking that out constantly when they go to some of these you know, these independent podcasters and, or they tune into the news because whether they know it or not, they're seeking out the fear factor because they know it's going to stir them up that those hormones get released, that cortisol and believe it or not, people actually get addicted to that. And so they, they actually choose to remain in a state of fear or at least, you know, phase in and out of it. And so when it comes to these voices out here in the, you know, in the podcast world and in the independent media, you know, their main focus, I mean, truth be told, listen, I'm just going to put it out there and it should be no secret. I mean, we've always heard that term in the newspaper world, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, right? But their main focus is to get more viewers, get more downloads, get more followers. Yeah, sure. That's my goal too, but I'm not going to go down the fear porn way. Yeah, I would love nothing more. And would value nothing more than to increase the fellowship and the, you know, and the listenership here at His hard Line. But I believe there is a fine line in my humble estimation that must be walked. And so I do my absolute best to make sure that I don't peddle fear porn and create anxiety for the listeners on this channel. That's not what I want to do. And so I've went through this myself, listening to many influential voices for the last 20 to 24 months. And the primary reason I stopped listening to a lot of these voices were or for many reasons. One, I hated the constant um, anxiety and stress of, you know, that I was experiencing and feeling. And, you know, just by hearing what was going on in the world, or at least supposedly what was going on in the world, even though, to, we you know, in a lot of cases, we don't really have actual validation or true videos. Anything could be faked. And I was allowing all this stuff to get in my head. And I also found that many, many, there were many inconsistencies and contradictions among many of the quote truth or community influencers out there. I found many inconsistencies and contradictions, but aside from all of that, many pushed the fear as a primary hook to keep drawing people back to their shows, regardless of whether or not that they were actually sharing truth or not. And so Like I said before, as the Bible says over 360 times, depending on the version that you have, fear not. Why? There's a very good reason why that's emphasized many times over in the Bible. We need to have a strong faith over fear. When we have faith and we stop focusing on the storm around us and those voices telling us how bad that storm is, And at that point, you just need to kind of put blinders on and just focus on God's voice. You need to put the earplugs in. You need to put the blinders on and just be like, you know what? I'm not listening to you. I'm not acknowledging you. I am just, you know what? I'm listening to God. That's it. That's all that's important. I'm just listening to God. That's it. You got to focus on God's voice. You got to focus on his good word. Listen and be still. And you will find that all of that perceived chaos that's around us in the world that they keep trying to put in our heads is just noise. It's all temporary and it's all fixable. But most importantly, it's all irrelevant in the overall bigger picture. I want to play a couple few clips here. I'm not going to mention his name. Some of you who are podcaster, you know, podcast listeners, you'll probably be, you know, you'll, you'll, probably be for, you know, you'll recognize the voice. There we go. That's the word I'm trying to say. You'll recognize the voice. I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to say his show. I've actually listened to him. And and in and, and, and a lot of cases, I have respect for the guy. But then again, there are many things that he has said over the last 18 months that I have found many inconsistencies and contradictions with himself and with what's actually going on out there. And I'm just illustrating. The reason I'm playing these few clips is I'm illustrating Just how wrong in a couple things that he's talking about. And again, I'm not saying I'm never wrong. When I'm wrong, I expect to be corrected so I can correct the record. My pride and ego is not going to step in front of me and prevent me from making a correction that somebody else has caught. The goal here at His Heartline is to put out truth, facts, statistics, and well, basically nothing but the truth. Now, again, I'm not going to say his name. And if you're familiar with who I'm playing at the second, you know, these sound bites, don't put it in the chat board. Because, again, I respect the guy and what he does because he's also a follower of Christ. At least that's what is perceived. And so if you know who the voice is, do not put it in a chat board, board, please. Because, again, I do not want to defame his name. But I'm just illustrating a couple things here. And then we're going to talk about it for a second. So here's the first
2: clip. we've been taken over and it's time really to come to grips with that and realize that as a nation, the corporation of the United States is now in control. The Republic of the United States is buried. We need to get back to our documents. We need to understand the founding documents, what they were intended. We have to have those in our heart, but we have to start looking forward aggressively to where we're going to go.
1: Okay. I'm going to pause there. First off, he's trying to make people believe, and maybe this is his own ignorance, that the corporation is in control, the corporate government, that's false. No, it's not. It is dissolved. Now get, don't get me wrong. are there you know are there factions out there that are trying to cling and scratch and, and, and try to hold on to power? Yeah, absolutely. But he is wrong. The corporate government is not in control. This is one of those things that if people are awake, right and they're hearing this, That's kind of one of those statements that causes an individual to lose hope. That's dangerous in an already volatile world. Now he would probably venture off to say, well, if you can't, uh, if you can't take it, then you shouldn't be on this channel. Well, yeah, I would agree with him on that. That's why I've stopped listening to many channels, but for other reasons, not because I was getting scared, but because of the inconsistencies and the contradictions, but for most people out here, it would actually freak the hell out of them out. And, And of course it would cause a lot more unknown feelings within them to the point of God knows what they would do. Again, just like the lady that I know in the assembly, they are so, they were so heartbroken and and, and confused at what's going on in the world that they felt like there was nothing else to this life and they committed suicide. My, uh, my wife's cousin who uh, just graduated, uh, not too long ago. I think he's in starting college, you know, but he lives on the other side of the state and with everything that he's been hearing and seeing on social media i think uh his aunt was saying this to my wife's mom i think I, I can't remember who was saying what to who but the old here's the thing though overall he's not motivated to do anything because he feels like the world is not going to get fixed he feels like the world is ending and therefore he has no ambition or motivation not because he's lazy because he's a hard worker but he's like thinking to himself what, Why am I going to proceed forward in life when all this crap is going on? That's the kind of crap I'm talking about. Let me play another clip here. This is another one that I thought was a little disturbing that, you know, he he was saying, here's this one. And, and, and actually hold on before I play this, let me go back to what he first said in the other clip where he said the corporation is in control and that the Republic has been buried. That's false. That is false. If you've listened to this channel long enough, you'll know about the National Assembly. You can go visit the website, www.national-assembly.net. We have a solution that is actually providing the American people to return back to self-governance. And I'm going to be doing a separate little show. It's going to probably be 15 or 20 minutes. I'm not sure what day yet. It's going to be, you know, I'm not sure exactly what day. But again, at the typical times that we're airing, where I'm going to go over what is needed in all the state assemblies and and what's required of people that want to get involved, which is not a lot, but it still requires a little minor petition, you know, a certain level of participation. And I'm going to go over that, but what's my point? My point is we have solutions over here and what he was saying that the Republic is dead. That's a false statement the Republic is not buried. And excuse me. He didn't say the Republic was dead. The Republic was buried. The Republic is not buried. The Republic, as a matter of fact, is rising. And I tried taking this information to his feet on True Social. He wanted nothing to do with it. Let me play this next clip.
2: And it's an exercise again to walk through. And I've. So now the, the sorts of things I ask myself is when this thing, if we're going to get to a critical point where we have to, where. Where are those lines that you will not cross? That's the first one in those critical moments. Are you willing to always tell yourself, I'm going to fight for another day, save it and fight for another day? So if they come in and they raid your house, throw you on the ground, search and pillage your bedrooms, are you going to be an abiding citizen at that point in time? To allow them under protest to do whatever they want, maybe kick your dog, maybe slap your wife or your husband. Is that what we're going to do as a society and just say, well, this is, this is unfair. This is unjust. I'm just asking. But these are questions you have to start walking through.
1: All right. Again, the whole rating of homes Okay. Now, maybe he's probably talking about the corrupt de facto, you know, ABC agencies like FBI, CIA. Okay. Now, have they done that to people unconstitutionally and unlawfully? Yeah. I'm sure they have. But again, why are you, why, why bring this up? I mean, look, we're already in a very fragile state. The thing we need to start doing is not putting out these kinds of statements. And again, I agree with some of the things that he talks about, but at the same time, I don't agree with his measure. Like my, my mother-in-law used to listen to this guy and he has a lot of listeners. He Listen, let me say something about this gentleman. He's a good presenter. He's got a good voice. I like the fact that he tries to center Christ around his show. Very important. But my mother-in-law, she actually turned me on to listening to him. And I was like, man, this guy is great but she actually stepped away and stopped listening. My mom stepped away and stopped listening to this guy because they felt like he was more talking about like he, they're like, I just don't like how negative he gets. And he gets so doom and gloomy. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. He does. People don't want to hear that. They want solutions. They want, look, I'm not saying let's go fill ourselves with hopium because there are those podcasters out there too. Oh, you know, they're, uh, things are happening this you know the, 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 the by this date you know it's like turn off the noise and listen to god's voice here's one more thing right here okay one more clip and then i'm going to continue on this is just another little demonstration of what i'm talking about here okay and, and and again well here let me just play this
2: our government is against us and that's true And First Amendment rights are under attack. Also true. And it doesn't matter what side you're on right now. Nobody is really arguing for the true power of the people. And they're definitely not talking about putting God back on the throne in this nation.
1: Okay, I'm going to stop there. That's false as well. Again, I tried bringing this information about the National Assembly to him. And I actually brought it to him many times over in his comment section as he would post. And finally, like after like five or six or seven attempts, something of that nature, he finally, he finally reached out and he wasn't rude and he wasn't condescending. Well, one could probably take it as such. I didn't because I just don't care how it comes across, to be quite honest with you. And he he basically, in a nutshell, he didn't want, to hear anything about it. He basically in a nutshell just told me, he goes, you know what, if you have information that you have been researching in, you know, in depth, why don't you go start your own podcast, start your own channel and take that information that you've been, you know, researching apparently and put it out there to the world. Take accountability, be a digital soldier. Blessings. I'm like, what? Like, well, hold on a second, man. I have some pretty good information and I could get you in contact with a couple of guys or at least one guy that, that would actually, you know, that would actually help, that would actually help return our republic. Because, again, we have the solutions. It's actively taking place right now in the background. Okay. And to me, it's like, okay, wouldn't you want to at least step aside? Let's hey, let's have a separate private phone call. Let me, let me bring forward some of this information I'm talking about. Don't just poo-poo it. Like, I get where he's coming from. You know, I get where he's coming from. However, no matter what the guy's experience is or what his accomplishments are, there is still a certain knowledge out there and a actual operation taking place that he he either may be aware of and he just is trying to willingly ignore it or he legitimately doesn't know about it, which again, I was trying to bring it forth to him and he didn't want to... He didn't want to, he didn't want to talk about it. He's got these other things that he, he, he discusses like doing this county by county initiative. And I agree with a lot of what he talks about the whole getting back to home churches and homeschooling and home-based businesses and things like that. All good stuff, all good stuff. But again, we still have to have we have to get back to the basics of continuity. Government. Now, I'm I'm trying. I'm, try, I'm kind of getting off on a rabbit hole, but I'm, I'm making a point here. At the end of the day, I tried to bring information to him that would actually help bring solutions forward and hopefully give people an actual real hope, not a fake hope. I don't like the fear porn that a lot of people put out here. Some days he's good, some days he's not, and is everybody, there's a lot of them out there, and I'm not going to go naming names again. I will never name names here. But whether knowingly or unknowingly, it sometimes will destroy people's psyche. And again, there's a lot of fragility going on in a lot of people's mentalities and their, and their emotional states. So what I kind of wanted to get into, though, is kind of talk about something that happened uh, that I experienced back in 2013. July twelfth of two thousand thirteen will actually be one of the few dates in my life that I will never forget, and that was the day that my stepfather hung himself. And so, at that time, I was living with them and temporary, you know, temporarily, and I was working for him and his company from home. And so, we shared an office, and you know, he had a, um, you know, the the business them he the business that he had was um, in the education space for online colleges. So, what we basically ultimately did. Is we provided leads, whether you know using uh, telemarketing firms or um, online marketing um, techniques, we created leads for these colleges to increase their enrollments for their online college programs. So basically, in a, in a nutshell, his company was like a middleman, if you will, of sorts. Uh, between the online colleges that were trying to increase their enrollments, you know, for degree programs and the call centers, which created those leads. And so we had partnerships and relationships with many call centers and web developers and big name colleges and universities and so forth. And so he had been doing this for many, many years and actually made a very healthy income. In fact, depending on the month, you know, the business would generate anywhere between 30 and 50,000 per month. And when you have a, a business with very extreme low overhead, Virtually no employees or office space that you have to pay for, like rent. You know, that's not a bad income. He did very well for himself. And after all expenses were paid, he did very well for himself. And that said, would you believe that he decided to make that permanent decision because of struggling with money? Yeah, money. I don't want to get really much into the details or the weeds of much of, you know, what went on because it's irrelevant to the story. However, he and another man from Chicago who was a president of a college and a computer programmer, um, that I believe was also out in California. And then there was a saleswoman. So, you know, three plus him. So four in total, they were in partnership to try to get this new company lifted off the ground called college audit solutions, which would have ultimately been classified as a tech company. Now, because of the level of income that my stepfather, you know, his main business was generating, he was ultimately the, uh, you know, the main financial backer for everything. And so let's just say that I think that he was getting used and abused, in my humble opinion, by all the parties involved in that, you know, business venture. And so to add insult to injury, he had clients that were way behind on their net 30s, net 60s, and net 90s, and therefore put a bottleneck on his income. And so as a result, of all of that, he ended up having to dip in his, you know, financial reserves. And because he was the guy that was funding the startup of this business, he was also in charge of funding payroll, sales commissions, different business expenses. You know, paying for uh, servers. I mean, he was paying for all of this out of his own pockets. Now, at this point, when all the income that he was generating from the other business started bottlenecking because people weren't paying on their invoices. And so it got so bad that I even forfeited one month's worth of pay for him to help him stay afloat and to cover, uh, you know, I forgot what it was. It was to pay some other vendor, I think. But for someone like me who didn't have much in the bank at that time, that was a huge hit for me. A huge hit. Fortunately for me at that time, I was living with them and, and, you know, him and my mom rent free and they had all the costs covered, but, you know, until I got myself going again, because I had just gotten off the road for, you know, from doing the sales and marketing that I was doing for the gyms and, you know, the YMCA's and snap fitness clubs, I was ready, you know, I was doing that for five years and I needed to get off the road. And so they, uh, they helped me, you know, get me, you know, help me get my feet, you know, back underneath me so I could start looking for a place to live. And that was when my wife and I, at the time we were dating, we were starting our lives together. She was still in Michigan at the time. So yeah, I had a lot going on then, but one day, one day he said he was running errands. And later I would say about after about 10 or so more hours passed and he was nowhere to be found. His phone was off. He had no way of knowing, you know, we had no way of knowing where he was. No way. That next day, or at least later that night, late, late into the night, practically the next day, you know, he ended up coming back home. Now, this was his first disappearing act. And it was really never really actually known of where he went or, you know, what his intentions were. But he had driven to Key West, apparently. For what reason? I don't know. Maybe to think and clear his head? I don't know. Now. However, he did say that, like I said, he, he, you know, he was just trying to think about what his next course of actions were going to be that he needed to take, you know, proceeding forward with his business and business venture. I mean, it got so bad for him that even my mom even stepped down as a, you know, as the head of marketing for him and got a job somewhere else so that it would alleviate the uh, financial burden on the payroll side of things for him. And so then a few days later, he had another disappearing act, but only this time he was gone for much longer than a few hours. And at this point, he actually said, you know, know, when he came back, he said he traveled to Jekyll Island in Georgia because apparently that was one of his favorite places to visit. I don't know why now I know, you know, knowing what I know about Jekyll Island, but that's where he drove to. And if you know where we were at geographically in Florida, we were in Fort, you know, just pretty much near Fort Lauderdale. That's a long drive. And so knowing, like I said, knowing what I know about that island and what it represents, you know, I have my suspicions, but that's a different story for a different day. But personally, you know, me personally looking back on that situation, I believe he was trying to work up the nerve, unfortunately, to try to take his own life. But then a couple days afterwards, when he came back after that second disappearing act, came the date, July 12th, 2013. And it was a Friday and we woke up and we ate breakfast and uh, we brewed up some coffee. And uh, that was kind of like a little, you know, kind of morning routine. And at the time, you know, the Tour de France was, you know, being aired on TV. So we would sit on the couch before we would start our workday in the office. And we watch a little bit of the Tour de France and drink our coffee before, like I said, we start our workday. But, you know, that morning I could tell that he wasn't there at all. If that makes sense, like he wasn't there spiritually. He wasn't there mentally. He was basically like an empty shell shell of a man. I had no idea who that man was. I hadn't, and and when you, if you knew this guy, he was always smiling. He would give you the shirt off his back. He was a good man, a very classy man. He was a class act as they say. He was a very good man old school. But I had really no idea what was going on in his mind. So we started out our day and we, you know, when he needed to think and take notes, he actually had a recliner in his bedroom that he would go and sit in. And so we had a conference call later on that day with a college, uh, with a, with a guy that was ahead head of a college in Chicago at noon on that Friday. And so I went to go knock on his door to remind him, like a half hour leading up to the call I said, Hey, you know, we're going to be having this uh, conference call by the way at, at noon. And so he said to me, well, I'll be finished up in a minute. I said, okay. And so that was about, I don't know. It was about 1130, 1135 ish roughly. And yeah, it looked like he was writing notes. I didn't think nothing of it, but what I didn't know was what he was writing ended up being a three page suicide note. And so after about five or six minutes later, I heard what sounded, and I'm back in the office now at this point, I heard what sounded like a door slam. And in that particular house, it wasn't really unusual to hear that happen, because when the air conditioning turns on in that house, if a bedroom door was kind of close to being shut, like, you know, only open like three, five, six, seven inches, maybe even a foot. There was a, some sort of vacuum that would be created in the room and then it would cause the door to slam shut. So it wasn't really an unusual sound to hear. So I didn't think nothing of it. So when I went to give him a five minute warning before the call started, So he can wrap up his notes and, you know, get, get, you know, get situated. I went to go knock on the door and he wasn't answering the knock. I knocked again, no answer. And then once more, and then I continued to hear silence. And so I slowly opened the door in case he was on a phone call because I didn't want to disturb him. And I had a hard time opening the door. Now, the ceilings in this house were very tall, vaulted ceilings. So they were they were so high, they must have been, and I don't know the exact measurement, but if I had to put a guesstimate on it, they were like 20-foot vaulted ceilings. It was a very tall house. It was a single-story home in Parkland, as a matter of fact. Actually, only about a mile and a half up the road from the you know Stoneman Douglas School, as a matter of fact. Very p- prominent, very nice gated community area. I mean, the HOA dues are so expensive. It was like $700 a month, a month not a quarter, a month. That's how expensive it was to live in there. But it had very tall ceilings. So needless to say, that they had very tall doorways and closets in this house. And so I had a hard time actually opening the door because he appeared at first glance to have been standing in the way of the door. And I didn't understand what was going on because I had never experienced something like this. So... It looked like to me as if he was trying to stand and block the doorway so nobody could come in. And he was kind of about eye level. He was about the same height as me. He was a six foot two man. At the time I was six four. Actually, I think he was six three. He was a very tall man. And his eyes were opened and it looked like he was just kind of staring down as if he was maybe like thinking like he was kind of in a daze. Like I said earlier that morning, he just looked like an empty shell of a man. And so that's what it continued to look like. But what I didn't see was the rope that was around his neck leading up to the top of the rafter or whatever was being fastened by it up in the closet because the closet was right in front of the bedroom door. And so that rope was holding him up in such a way that made him appear like he was like leaning against the wall. And so, again, not comprehending what was going on, I nudged him to get his attention. And I, and I finally quickly realized that he was lifeless. And so I busted that door open and I started to shake him to try to get him to come to, because now at this point it had been like 10 minutes when I heard that sound, 10 to 12 minutes. till like when I saw him, found him, right. And he, of course, he wasn't waking up. He wasn't coming to, he wasn't breathing. And so what had happened after that was about literally, if I can be completely honest with you, was about 10 minutes of eternity of timeless hell. I had no idea. I had no idea what the hell was going on in that moment. Cause like I said, I've never known anybody to ever commit suicide before. I would never seen a dead body before. This was the first time for me, especially somebody that I, I respected, that I cared about, that I loved, that I, you know, worked for. He was my mentor never saw anything like that. And so in that moment, I was suffering with the paralysis of the analysis, if you will. And I was kind of like in a complete state of shock. I had no idea what to do. I was pacing in the house back and forth past that door, looking and looking and looking, not believing my eyes. I kept thinking my brain was playing tricks on me actually. And what I was witnessing wasn't real. Sadly, it was about as real as it got. And I tried to call my mom repeatedly and I could not get through to her. I was calling and calling and calling. No, kept ringing, kept ringing. No answer. Next thing I realized it hit me. I'm like, man, I got to call 911. And so I, so I called 911. One minute I was talking to the 911 dispatch until police came and then 15 minutes later, the whole neighborhood, up and down the street, our driveway was filled with police cars, fire trucks, ambulances, investigation cars. And after that it was all basically a big blur after that point. Next thing I know it I was being interviewed by the investigator, you know, and rightfully so, he had to make sure it wasn't a homicide. And then next thing you know it that I'm talking to a crisis advocate. I think that's what they called it. It was an advocate for sure to kind of walk me through the emotions and like, you know, make sure I was okay, I guess. Here's the thing. First off, I feel comfortable talking about this story because now I've healed so much from this since then. Like there wasn't, there used to be a time where I couldn't tell this story and get only, you know, get halfway through before I would start breaking down. But now I can share this story and hopefully help people learn something from it so they can turn away from making that permanent decision. But here's the thing. He made a permanent decision based around the fears of the unknown and financial troubles that he was experiencing in that moment. What I didn't realize at that time that my stepfather had factored a large sum of money, basically went to a legal loan shark and collectively I think he had to the tune of over a million dollars factored to try to cover his cost because again, his income was being bottlenecked by people that weren't paying on their net thirties, sixties, and nineties. I think it came to the point that when it came to the collection of those funds, And it was due. He didn't have it. He couldn't even make a little partial payment on it. And so I think he felt that there was nowhere else to turn. And so, you know, he he was just days literally when he committed suicide that July 12th, he was literally days from getting the lights, the electric turned off on the house. We had figured that he you know, figured out my mom and I had to because he handled everything. He handled all the finances. He handled all the bill pay. And so we had to like do major investigatory work and, you know, like straight up CSI work to try to figure out his passwords and his computer to figure out how we can get the bills paid. Because we had found all this out when we started going through his emails to try to figure out what led him to do what he did. I mean, yeah, he had a three page suicide note, but we were trying to get more answers. And, and while we were looking for these answers, we discovered that the lights were, was about a few days from being shut off. His boat was actively being repoed. The The HOA dues were many months behind. I think three or four months behind. So now you got $2,800 worth of HOA dues. He was unfortunately too prideful to really let us know the full scope of what kind of issues he actually was dealing with. Now, my mom had an idea, but he still kept a lot of a lot of it away from uh, our view. Because again, he, in the Jewish community, when you're a Jewish businessman, at least from what I understood and what I have observed, it's taboo to talk about your business woes. You do, You did not do that. And so as a man that who was old school and felt like he was to provide and protect for his family, he didn't feel like it was appropriate to talk about these things to the family, not even his own wife. And so we had no idea, not even a clue. I mean, I didn't. I had a slight clue, but my, wife, my mom had more of an idea, but we really didn't have the full scope and so he never really opened up to us about that so we could you know try to reach out and help him but sadly he battled this on his own and he felt like suicide was his only option and so the day that he killed himself you know he actually killed a part of me that day and you know my wife and my mom both said the same thing when he killed himself he killed a part of you Jason and it felt like it i had about 3 or 4 years of hellish rough patches personally and within the relationship that my wife and I had, even before we were married, I mean, we had a rough few years. Man, did we have a rough few years. I, I There was a lot of heavy drinking, fits of rage, sadness, depression, anger, confusion, etc. You name it. I went through it. I had thoughts of suicide myself, as a matter of fact, at that time. Of course, I never acted on it, but the thoughts were there. And Satan was there trying to push me over that edge. I felt him there. But let me tell you something. I wasn't really that close to God then as I am now. But God kept pushing me to keep that faith and lean into him no matter what. And after all that happened, I went out and I bought myself my first Bible at Barnes and Noble on my own terms. I didn't really read much out of it, but I did crack it open, read a few things. And it steered me into the right direction. To at least start having a, uh, an introduction to having God and Jesus Christ be more part of my life going forward through having this Bible. And so it took much time in hiring a contractor by the name of Jesus Christ for rebuilding my life and renovating my life from the old broken self into a newly built and improved self. Again, I will not mention his name or the show. I'm going to make a point here, but I do want to play two more sound clips from that same influencer that you heard at the beginning of the show. Only this time, the actual, you know, the sound clips I'm going to play. He actually says a couple things that I actually really do agree with. And I'm glad he says this. Let me play this because we need to hear more of, we need to hear more of this. Now, the first part, he talks about how we need to be disciples in Christ. So listen to this.
2: That sort of intensity, that fire, is where we've got to get back to. Because as disciples in Christ, while we're trying to build the bridges and bring people together, we're also the watchers on the wall and that means that we are the voice of reason the voice of common sense and the voice that also points out that there's a line that we won't cross
1: he's absolutely right
2: we have and to be and oh, that's ultimately on our shoulders and we need go. to
1: I thought it was done but he's absolutely right we have to be the watchers on the wall we have to be disciples for Christ here's one more clip and then and then I'm going to you
2: know, continue on here and round this out. We have to be very realistic about what is coming because the only way this nation will ever reset itself will be through a true and sincere repentance. I don't believe that the entire nation has to repent, but there has to be a truly, dedicated repentance, and when I say that, this is a type of repentance that isn't just by words, and it isn't just by saying, I'm going to repent for the nation. It's by actions that we're striving for in our lives completely top to bottom. We have to leave the system. We have to stop gaming the system so that we'll have something else out here and, like, And I'm using it specifically in this example, like retirements, our trust has to completely pivot to God and accept that place. And whatever few or however many can do that, that's the core of the pure heart of repentance.
1: And he's absolutely right. Again, there are some things I agree with the guy on and what he talks about. And then there's some things that, you know, I wish he wouldn't say, because again, he He, you know, I don't care what kind of experience he has. Look, everybody's got a certain level of experience. Doesn't mean that you are the expert of the world and what's going on. I just happen to know that there is actually an operation that's taking place in the background that he, I think, has acknowledged at various times in his shows that's going on. But he does not want to hear those ideas by the people that actually know what's taking place. And so, because of that kind of willful ignorance, unfortunately, he's not going to have that very important truth to put out there because he does have a lot of listeners people need to understand and hear the, that there is a solution out there with what we have going on and what we're facing in this world and it it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom is it going to get a little ugly yes but the important thing is, is not to emphasize it and shed a magnif- you know, put a magnifying glass on it with a interrogation light over it. We need to focus on the important things in life, like our family, the solutions. Not the fear tactics behind what's actually going on. You know, like I said, stop being part of the problem and actually be part of the solution. And so, yeah, we do need to repent as a nation. We need to get out of this system, if you will. Because the system is all driven by money, a Babylonian money magic, as he always says in his show. It's a system that is designed to create despair and ultimately get people to lose hope and self-harm to the point of almost self-destruction. And so, like I said, this particular influencer, I do listen to from time to time and for a variety of reasons off and on, but not because I seek him out for, you know, for truth, if you will, but predominantly for the sole purpose of knowing what he's saying to a large group of people out there, because he does have a large following. And I've respected this particular voice, but like I said, at the time, I've discovered many inconsistencies and contradictions in what he says from the show to the next from one show to the next. I think there was somebody on the call board who's a avid listener to him on the uh, chat board, I should say. And he says, you know, and I think I wish he was here to hear this, but you know, he said, I listened to him. He has a lot of experience in the world from his military background. Do I always agree with him? No, but he makes a lot of valid points and also works constantly to take a county by county approach. Okay. That's great. Yes, he does. And I would agree with a lot of what moon wolf was actually saying here on the chat board, but just because he has military background and he has traveled the world doesn't make him an expert of what's actually taking place in this nation and how the republic is being restored and how the system of self-governance by we the people is coming back. He didn't want to hear any part of that. Again, this this particular influencer is a very good voice, I think. Some people would disagree with me on, but on that. That's fine. I listen to him off and on for, again, a variety of reasons. That said, though, I, I still have to pay attention. I believe he has good intentions in what he does and what he says. However, I see a certain level of blind ignorance. And considering I've put specific information at his feet and have gotten shot down, well, that's fine. I'm not going to take that personally. But, you know, in my opinion... Because I do this podcasting for the simple fact of getting this nation fixed, getting the people in this nation reunited, even if it's just one person at a time, one man, one woman at a time, one child at a time, while at the same time spreading the word of God out there, I just thought that we could be all working together in unison to help inform the American public about the National Assembly and how it's actively working forward in returning back to self-governance, restoring our Republican form of government, But instead it seems like, and it's not just him. There's many others out there. They seem to have other agendas at hand, which, you know, seemingly appear self-serving when it comes to making profits. And listen, I'm not against making profits. I'm not against making money as long as it's moral and ethical, which it seems like he does, but let's not put profits above saving the nation. We do have a nation that needs to be saved. Why? Because there are many people out there losing hope and they're killing themselves. They're diverting to drugs. They're diverting to alcoholism. They're diverting to so much, so many self-destruction tactics out there. And it's, it's, it's dangerous. That's why I think we have to be very weary of what we say on these microphones. That's like I said, in the very beginning of the show, words matter. Words carry more weight than any amount of gold will. And so I just thought him and I, uh, granted, Obviously, I don't have the following that he does. Not even a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. I think his followership is so high. I think he blows CNN's viewership out of the water. I'll be honest with you. That's impressive. Kudos. And a hat tip to him. But I will say this. There is one other influencer out there that I can say is on point in his reporting, doesn't spread fear, uses perfect analysis, using facts, stats and validation in his reporting. And that influencer is Dave with X-22 report. I will say that. And you need to pay very close attention to what, you know, he reports. He's very, very good in his reporting. But one thing that you will, you know, you can de- you know, definitely be assured is that he will not steer you wrong and he will not peddle fear. He gives you solid information, not fear, not conjecture, and not hyperbole, just solid reporting. And so here's the ultimate message. What's my point? The point here, the ultimate message I want to get across to you, ladies and gentlemen, is this. I know that the times we are living in are scary. Seemingly they're unknown. They're confusing. It's chaotic at times. There's a lot of uncertain variables and everything in between. I know some of you may be having issues affording things. Some of you may have issues finding a solid job. Some of you may be having marital issues because of the money issues. I get it. I was there. Maybe your stress and anxiety is through the roof because of certain influencers that are out there also peddling fear porn. There's a lot of reasons why people are dealing with this kind of, you know, with, are dealing with these sad thoughts and these depression, you know, these depressing thoughts and feeling like there's no way out. Listen, you may not, listen, here's the thing. God has your back seek him, seek to hear him, seek his face. You may not believe it or see it, but you have to put faith over fear and trust that he has your best interest at the core. And it's at the center of everything that he does for us. I want to read one quick verse out of Romans that I think is really relevant to this. And I need you to remember, remember this verse. Romans chapter five, verses three through five, not only that, but we even boast of our afflictions, knowing that affliction produces endurance and endurance produces character and proven character brings hope and hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. So in conclusion of all of this, I urge you, and I beg you, if you're dealing with sad and depressing thoughts to the point of, you know, self-harm or death, you know, injuring yourself, I want to divert you to the following information. So there is a suicide and crisis lifeline. You can call the number 988, or you can text the number 988 the official website is 988lifeline.org and so there is a 24/7 help um and it's, again it's just a quick text or a call away it's toll free and it's available for anyone in you know that has you know a suicidal crisis going on or is finding themselves in emotional distress now outside of all of that I just want to say this last thing, search out Jesus Christ, invite him into your heart, ask him for that restoration. And just as importantly, we need to step in repentance while at the same time, step out of this system, which is strategically designed to stir up fear, uncertainty and troubled, you know, in troubling hearts. The media is very good at that. The media is owned by that system. No longer will you be a victim of that system. It's time that you allow God to be at the center of all that you do and at the center of all that you are. And it's time to stop riding the coattails of other people. These so-called politicians in D.C., which again is a de facto corporate government system. It is dissolved. It is bankrupt and it is being dismantled. There is a republic that is rising. It is not buried It is ran and operated by we, the people. And at the end of the day, this nation will be restored and we will return back to God. That is the message I want to get out to all of you today. If you're feeling hopeless and having a huge amount of despair that you're dealing with, understand there's no silver bullet that's going to fix things overnight. We didn't get to this point overnight took many, many, many decades of being lulled to sleep, lied to, deceived, dumbed down. There was a systematic process that took place that, that got us to this point. Guess what? There's that thing called the great awakening. I'm thinking you probably may have heard of it. And these people, the cabal, they are running, excuse my language. They are running shitless because what's coming Cannot be stopped. You remember you kept hearing that nothing can stop what is coming. That's us, baby. That is we, the people. And so, like I said, all the problems that we deal with in our life are temporary. There's a lot of voices trying to get in our head. Turn them off. Yes, I know I'm one of, you know, I'm a voice right now in your head. This voice, I can honestly tell you with genuine, you know, purity at heart. I do not want to stir fear or anxiety in your soul or in your mind. I want to create solutions and not create, excuse me. I don't create solutions. I am presenting the solutions that have already been created by many men and women before us, before me in the National Assembly. There is a return of this nation. We will have a revival in this nation. Unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of people that are not going to be awakened to the solid information, the solid truth that will, that actually could save their own lives. Because like I said, there's so many people out there that are feeling so much despair, feeling so much hopelessness. I forgot what his name, but that, that Greek, uh, I forgot it was a Greek. I was a Greek. um Mm. Forgive me, I'm not good with my Greek uh, history, but there is a guy. Uh, I don't know if he was like a uh, god, like little g or whatever. He was his punishment, I think, was to roll that that boulder up the hill and he'd almost get to the top of the hill and for it to roll back down. I forgot the name, but that's what a lot of people are, are feeling like, it seems like. And, and, and ironically enough, in my stepfather's suicide note, he actually made that depiction, he felt like that, um, he felt like that, uh, that guy in Greek, you know, mythology that was, um, Atlas, yeah, thank you, Tara. Atlas was rolling up the, uh, the, the boulder up the hill only for it to roll back down on him, back to the bottom for him to start over again. That's, that's what many people are feeling like right now. They just can't get over that hump. The National Assembly, and listen, it's not just the National Assembly. First off, let me say this: God in Jesus Christ is the way over that hump. First, let me be clear. As far as solutions with this nation and returning back to the republic, and cleaning up this mess that was created by the cabal elitist out there and these big banker gangsters, that's being cleaned up with the assembly which is God-centered, by the way. See, everything's centered around God. You guys got to remember that. Everything is centered around God. has to be. If we're going to be prosperous as a nation, we have to have God and Jesus Christ centered around all we do. You know, Tara, now that I'm thinking about it. I don't know if it's Atlas, as a matter of fact. I'll have to look that one up. I'll come back with that answer here in a different show on a different day. But anyway... Here's the thing at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, if you're feeling sad, feeling hopeless, just remember it, it's, it's, it's going to be all right. This, this life, everything in it, all these woes and troubles that we're dealing with, they're, they're temporary situ. They're temporary. It's temporary. It's temporary. Everything is fixable. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger. We've always heard that. So what I'm going to do is we're going to play the warrior's prayer. And then I got a song from uh, high res and Jimmy Levy that I'm going to play. It's called faith over fear. It's a great song. And then we're going to play the closeout outro music. And then uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another 1% with him. I need to get to bed, but here's the warrior's prayer.
3: Heavenly Father, your warrior prepares for battle. Today I claim victory over Satan by putting on the whole armor of God. I put on the girdle of truth, may I stand firm in the truth of your word, so I will not be a victim of Satan's lies. I put on the breastplate of righteousness, may it guard my heart from evil, so I will remain pure and holy, protected under the blood of Jesus Christ. I put on the shoes of peace, may I stand firm in the good news of the gospel so your peace will shine through me and be a light to all I encounter. I take the shield of faith. May I be ready for Satan's fiery darts of doubt, denial, deceit, so I will not be vulnerable to the spiritual defeat. I put on the helmet of salvation. May I keep my mind focused on you, so Satan will not have a stronghold on my thoughts. I take the sword of spirit. May the two-edged sword of your word be ready in my hand so I can so I expose the tempting words of Satan. Satan. By faith your warrior, warrior has put, put on, on the whole armor of God. God. I am prepared to, am live, to this live this day in spiritual, spiritual victory. victory. Amen.
1: Amen. And actually, Destry just chimed in here on the chat board. Yes, yeah, so that's who it was. That sounds more familiar. Yes, yeah, Sisyphus. Spelled S-I-S-Y-P-H-U-S. Sisyphus? Yeah, he... Uh, He rolled the boulder uphill for eternity. That's what people are feeling like right now. That's a terrible feeling. And that's what my stepfather was feeling. He, that's where he felt like in that moment when he felt like there was no way out. And that's what a lot of people are feeling right now with the state of affairs going on in this nation and around the world. People are feeling like there is no way out. Yes, there is. First off it's through Christ and God. Secondly, beyond the divine, as far as the physical in this nation, it's through the National Assembly. Check out the website. Learn about it. If you have questions, you want to know about your state assembly, you can email me. Uh, visit my website first off at hishardline.com. Also visit www.national-assembly.net. And we have uh, just... just Find out what's going on in your state. And if you need to find out, you know, if you have questions, email me at jmjdirect at protonmail.com or jmjdirect at his um, if you want faster response, I suggest the proton mail one because that one's linked to my phone. Um, I haven't checked the his hardline mail enough f- about a week. So my apologies if somebody sent me something there. I have not checked it yet. It's been a very, very chaotic week, week and a half with my wife. So forgive me, a little grace if I could. Ask you for that. And so let me play this song and then we're going to close it out. I hope you all have a blessed day. And remember, here at his hard line. We are firm and we are steadfast and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. And we do rely on the protection of divine providence. And we will do our part as warriors for Christ to hold that line. Like I always say, Joshua 1.9, it states, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. We need to proceed forward and never waver. This is your land, this is your country, and this is your life. Own it, protect it. Have a blessed day and night, wherever you're at in the world, and we'll see you back here tomorrow.
4: Faith over fear Oh, God is always there When you got faith over fear He'll answer all your prayers So go and tell all the people That the Lord will lead the way I put faith
5: over fear every day I got God in my corner, that ain't a man that could stop me I already gave my soul to him, not the Illuminati Now I got an army of people that's right beside me Heaven over Hollywood, evil can never stop me Media want you nervous, they wanna make you feel worthless The government is a circus, had to fight off these serpents Just to get back to the surface, my soul is not for purchase God's the only one I service, I'm his servant Going through hardships in my darkest, I know he gon' take my hand, when life get hardest I can promise that you gotta trust his plan, even if you don't understand, doesn't happen when you demand, it gonna happen when the time is right, all your prayers they gon' be answered, have no fear when he near, he gon' take the wheel, then he steal, when you think he gon' hear, he God he feel when you cry tears, they said two weeks is slow to spread, that's turning into five years, I don't believe in the devil, God the only one I fear,
4: the fear, oh God is always there when you got faith. Over fear, He'll answer all your prayers. So go and tell all the people that the Lord. will
5: I got faith over fear, only one I fear is God We all make mistakes and we all have flaws Wasn't following his laws, that's when I was so lost I'd never sell my soul for a cost when I thought I'd be better off dead, I heard a voice in my head, all the tears that I shed, all the blood that I bled, I kept my faith strong, people laid off, just for not complying, everything I prayed for, it came it. God showed me the light, ayy, I never questioned the vision I'm giving in, I never questioned the journey, I never questioned the blessings and lessons he sent it, so I never worry, this is bigger than a song, this is my testimony, to my family that's gone, and to all my dead homies, I'm putting y'all on my back, even when times get bad, won't forget where I came from, God brought me the where I'm at, ayy the devil is a lie. Only trust the Most High. I got love for both sides. Matter of fact, there is no sides, Jimmy. Faith over fear.
4: Oh, God is always there when you got faith, faith over fear. He'll answer. I'm searching, and I'm saving The most time.
0: To say thank you so very much for joining us here for another His hardline discussion. Don't forget to share this website www.hishardline.com. Share this podcast far and wide And remember as it states in Joshua 1:9, I command you be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that's what it means to be a hardliner. We are firm, we are steadfast and we are uncompromising. We are warriors for Christ, and this is the Lord's fight. It's time to take this nation back and return God back at the top of the throne where he belongs. Thank you for joining us again and come back again. Have a blessed night.